Rob, what's the ultimate COVID fit? Man, DJ, that's a good question. You got to go with some comfy stuff, right? Like you got to go athletic shorts. Uh, I'm certainly not getting dolled up. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I don't think I've ever been dolled up in my life, but I'm certainly not getting dolled up during COVID. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, athletic shorts, maybe a loose fitting T-shirt. You know, those calories start to power on. You don't want anything clinging to you. Uh, you know, maybe a pair of sweatpants at the AC is going. Yeah. If you're living that good life in a basement or, you know, you have the luxury of pumping the AC down to the mid sixties, then yeah, sweatpants. But I'm a strictly shorts guy, get some swishy, nice, comfortable athletic shorts and then dry fit. If I have a dry fit shirt clean all day long, I think it's one of the most, uh, the greatest pieces of clothing and apparel ever invented the dry fit shirt, just how it feels on you in the summer. There's no better feeling. And in COVID you can kind of wear the same thing seven days a week. I got a rotation, three shirts, just swap them in, swap them out. You can do laundry all day long. That's the positive side of, of life right now. For sure. Yeah, I hear you. And I guess my hesitation towards dry fit sometimes when you go out and you're trying to see people is you start to nip a little bit. And mm. but you know, you got those COVID concerns, so throw them right out the window, man. Nobody's going to see that anyway, especially the ACs pumping a little hard, you know. The, the nips are, are certainly a concern. Um, it's kind of hit and miss with the shirts. I'm not sure what, what does it or what doesn't do it. But even on some of the polos, I know I've talked about that. If you don't have that V-neck undershirt um, or some people wear, you know, wife beaters, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, a shirt. We don't use that. We don't use that on this podcast. Yeah. What's Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) then you can cover those up, but without it, you know, sometimes you're nipping there. That's a tough one, but dry fit shirts, one of the greatest apparel inventions ever. They're comfy. They're comfy. That's all you can say about it. Yeah. I think they're ahead of overalls. That's where they are on my list. My list is, I'm forming my list right now. I have no idea where. You, know. you don't know where overalls are at. You don't know where dry fit's at. But it's no, they're right. overalls. overalls. Okay, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, we're doing the show a little bit differently this week. Uh, back when, actually, I was at your crib, we tried the style when we were live in person. Uh, hopefully, we can do a few more of those coming up. But we're going to do the 12-pack, so 12 random topics. A nice little smorgasbord, how I kind of drew it up. Just stir it in a pot, all these different topics, and they come at you one by one. Um, cause I thought about that a little behind the scenes here. Is it better to go sports heavy, you know, three sports topics off the bat, then get a little pop culture and then maybe some more of the random stuff, or do you stir it in a pot? I went with the stir method. I don't know. Yeah. It's like when you're drunk coming home from the bar and you just make slop, you just throw everything in a big pot and stir it mm-hmm. up. That's what we got today. Just a bowl of slop, a little 12 pack. Yeah. 12 pack. You drinking anything today? I got a, I got some Miller lights. I got a LaCroix tangerine right now. Mm. Hitting a okay. Little yeah. Hitting a little different. I had a small beer story. Uh, I'm typically not a Miller Lite guy. Um, yeah. This was last weekend. These Miller Lights are from, you know, Friday or something. But um, the guy I went up, I've formed a relationship with him because he knows I get a lot of sour and different beers And their The store I go to is very passionate about their craft beer and so on. Mm-hmm. And so I go up there with Miller Lite and he's, he's like, man, what are you doing? Like, oh shit, I'm disappointing my guy. I'm like, these are, and I had to say, these are for friends. I took the easy road out. I said, I'll be back. No, they were for me. Wow. You might lose your brew dog status. I know. I know. And he was showing me on his phone. He's like, I just got these. And it was some like cherry limeade sour. And I'm like, I'll be back for those. So I let a lot of people down there, but the Miller lights, sometimes, um, 
I think they just taste like watery and not, it depends maybe what's on your palate beforehand, but tonight they're tasting fantastic. I love to hear that. Unfortunately, it's only a Wednesday, so might have just one or two here, but here we are. Uh, first topic on the 12 pack, Robbie, uh, considering Corona and the closeness of a football locker room, you know, everyone's showing back up in Berea and so on. And then focusing specifically on the quarterback room, how would you handle that situation this season? Put your head coaching hat on or your visor. I don't know what type of guy you are. And Mm -hmm. how would you handle that considering Corona? Right. Yeah, that's a tough little question there, DJ. I think you've got to have the scab squad. You know what I mean? you got to have some people not inside the building. Like if you're your third string guy, I, I don't know why John Kitna just popped in my head, but John Kitna, he's working <laughs> from home right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to have your Shane Falco ready to go. A little replacements call there, you know, just in case the team goes down. You know, Baker goes out. Case Keenum, who we call him, we're calling up Shane Falco, Sugar Bowl guy. Um, you know, like the Marlins, you don't want to have 10 guys in the same room. Like that's you right. have your squad goes down. Right. And you got to have those like call up guys. They're trying to sign free agents right now. It's a mess. Um, so you got to have somebody like waiting in the wings for sure. So you're not going to go all the way to the backup quarterback, but maybe the third stringer. Maybe, maybe you have a fourth guy, you know, maybe you have extra <laughs> yeah. practice squad guy this year. You know, yeah. I mean, normally they don't reserve those for quarterbacks, but maybe this year you do. I think there's going to be some uh, – it's going to be unfortunate because of COVID, but there's going to be some great stories that come out of it because guys that legitimately would never even have a shot, maybe some XFL guys or even below that, make their dreams come true on special teams. And there's that whole uh, – what's the Mark Wahl- Wahlberg uh, movie where he comes and plays on the Eagles? Invincible, that type yeah. of shit. Invincible mm-hmm. type of shit. Maybe Brogan Roback comes and he's, he's like that's backup on a team. And we get broken back in our lives. That'd be yeah. fantastic. I love a good underdog story, Deej. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm all about that this year. You got to throw the third stringer. He can come stay at my apartment. We'll hang out. Um, yeah. Crack and a few lights. Crack a few lights and we'll watch film together. Uh, I need 300 bucks a week and I'm good. I can live on that. I know. It. Yeah. That's pricey. What's your rent? 300 bucks a week. You know what I mean? That's oh, it's much higher than that. Um, it wouldn't take me very far, but I'm willing to sacrifice for the Brown season. Well, 300 bucks a week is 1200 a month. Yeah, it's nothing. That's why the, the government is supplementing people with 600 extra dollars. You know, right, if I can get I that 600 extra, man, we're living high. We're living good there. Wait, you're, you're charging somebody 300 bucks a week to sleep on your couch? <laughs> oh, I'm charging him? I was saying the Browns were going to pay me. Oh, okay. The Browns are paying me. I'm quitting everything in life to get paid $300 a week to sit with the third string quarterback and watch film. Oh, okay. That's your full time. <laughs> You're the film guy. You're the film jockey. Yeah. Okay. okay. That makes I'm just trying fun. to weasel my way into the organization. Really? You know, I'm Gotta taking a short term loss for long term gains, baby. Right. Start breaking down film. See so what you we can think, do. you know, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know shit about football. Um, all right. On to number two here. Um, your Amy Acton is a low key hottie take has, has gotten some legs, quite a bit of traction here. So I think it's time to maybe, uh, expand our low key hottie takes. Uh, but before we name some individuals, I think we mm-hmm. need to establish first how we define it. Right. And also if it's offensive. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about the low key hottie take a couple of times and you know what I mean? Dr. Acton is much more than just, you know, something to look at, you know what right, I mean? And I think right. we need to make sure that's clear. Yeah. One big thing for me as a, as a person that's um, well-documented on this show, almost 30 years old is right. I think I used to 
would have used to take low key hottie as a diss, you know, be like, well, why am I low key? Why right. am I just not? I mean, a hottie's a weird word. <laughs> it's a weird right. word, but, um, you know, why is it low key? Uh, but now I think that would be an incredible thing to be called. Um, and I would certainly welcome that, uh, placed upon me. Right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. But, okay. I'm not asking for it. You know, I'm not like, Oh, you know, but I'm saying, um, because it could be thought of as a diss, like why low key hottie? Um, but the older you get, I think your standards, you know, I just want to be known as like a guy that's not fat. <laughs> right. That's big. Yeah. That's <laughs> basically it. That's, that's where not it's explicitly attractive. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the one I was looking up celebrities on this topic this week, but all the lists, said ugly, hot, ugly, hot celebrities. And I don't know if that's right. the perfect way to define it. I don't think that's where we're getting at. It's just not the first person that comes to mind when you think of a hot individual. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's just not like, uh, yeah, like Adam Driver, I know you have listed as ugly hot, right? Like he's somewhere like so ugly that he's, you know, some people think that he's attractive and there's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of gray area there. Uh, so we're not looking for Adam Drivers. We're just looking for like the people that might be a further down on the list that, you know, has some traits and you're like, oh, you know, I think they're attractive. Yeah. I have a number one seed for you. And this was discovered via Instagram today on my Discover feed. Um, didn't know what she looked like. Haven't seen her for 10 years, but Rebecca Black, low-key oh. hottie. Um, Is she a low-key hottie? Or, I mean, maybe even, you know, just hot, but right. surprising, I guess, if you think of Rebecca Black and your image of her. She's pretty good looking. Right. And I think like some people would like in that same vein, thinking of like teenage uh, stars that grew up and became attractive. It's like Jojo. Some people would like, oh, you remember Jojo? Yeah. But yeah. Jojo's just hot. You yeah, know what I mean? There's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you have any nominees? I think we have to get some males in here, too. So we just don't, you know, it's not one sided. Right. I guess like the first male that popped in my head about this was Chris Pratt before he got skinny. You know mm. what I mean? Like uh, yeah. Parks and Parks and Rec, Chris Pat, he had that little bit of extra weight, but, you know, he had a, a little bit of like that beard thing going on. He was in a band, uh, obviously Mousetrat, shout out Mousetrat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he, he was like a low-key hottie. You're like, I think he's, you know, I think he has something. So I that would be my male nominee. Yeah, I had Andy Sandberg, which I know he was getting some hype because of um, Palm Springs. So. Right. I think him and like a Pete Davidson are in the same category, but they're talked about a little bit too much on Twitter to maybe be low key, but I would right. say they're not traditionally attractive. Uh, other people I had was Jeannie Buss, the the Lakers owner. She's right. older now. She's a good looking woman. Uh, mm-hmm. Who? Oh, Michelle Obama, but everyone knows I love her. Uh, Julia Gardner of Ozark fame. Okay. I would say, but uh, she's probably too good looking to be a part of that. Um, but th- that's who I had off the top of my head. Um, I also had Isla Fisher, but she's just way too. I saw a video that she got mistaken for uh, uh, Amy Adams, and I'm like, well, if you get mistaken for her, then you're. Isla Fisher. I don't know Isla Fisher. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's uh, from, you know, from uh, Wedding Crasher. She plays the psycho girl. She's in a lot of those sort of movies. Oh, no, she's too conventional. Yeah, she's not low-key. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Um, I, I knew I was stretching with that one. So I guess like what we're defining as low-key hotties are middle-aged women because the first one I thought that might uh, pop into my head was Linda Cohn from oh, ESPN on SportsCenter. Okay. I, yeah. you know, I don't know why, but you know, Linda Cohen, not unattractive. And then I asked my dad, I was like trying to get some ideas and he said, Tina Fey, Tina Fey popped in oh, my dad, okay. which isn't a bad one. And we had a conversation about uh, Sarah Silverman the other day too. Mm-hmm. 
And, yeah. you know, she might be just conventionally attractive, but, you know, uh, I would be interested to see other people's low-key hotties. Oh, I also, yeah. uh, Ellen Page. Uh, from okay. Michigan. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, I got to think of more, like, middle-aged dads now, though, to, to put in our group. Like, a, a, a legitimately a list I saw, I should have thrown him in here, was John Goodman. He was just on a, you know. I, I saw that list, too. I don't know why. <laughs> But he was there. Uh, so, John Goodman, you were a low-key hottie, I guess. Love that. Uh, or, as the internet calls you, ugly hot celebrity, but we would never call you that. Uh, mm-hmm. Throw us your low-key hotties. It is a compliment when you're post-25 years old, I'll say. That's the standard. Everything gotcha. else, you just if you're a low-key hottie when you're 21, it's probably a diss. I don't know. Um, all right, number three here. So, there's this Netflix show called Unsolved Mysteries. Have you seen it, Rob? I haven't seen it. No, DJ. So the the title tells the story. It's a bunch of different individual episodes with unsolved mysteries. Uh, I'm having a hard time. Andrea and I have been watching get that satisfaction that you need. Um, so like a, you know, some of the more famous mysteries of recent memory, making a murder and staircase, you have that kind of two way story where we have someone that's at least accused of it. And then you have what happened. I need that connection. So that's where I land. I don't know if you can do anything with that. Yeah. I'm not a murder mystery person. Like at all. Mm -hmm. Like I listened to serial and like, even at the end of serial, it kind of felt like, and this is going to be an editorial, I guess, but like, it kind of felt like voyeuristic and like leeching off a real life tragedy. Like for my entertainment, like somebody died. I don't want to watch this. Like this isn't fun to me. There it is. The middle of the light. Um, like, I just don't think we should give that much light to something that happened that's, like, so shitty. And it's something that's pretty rare in our society. Like, there's not a bunch of unsolved mysteries out there. So, like, I just don't want to be highlighting that. Like, what you said last week about, like, going through your Twitter feed until you found something bad. That's what it feels like to me. I also think, though, they'll never go away. If you think about how long murder mysteries, it spans way before Netflix. You know, even on cable or network television, those shows pull huge numbers. It's a thing of interest for whatever reason. I mean, I love the staircase personally, all these different theories, the owl pecking her head potentially. Uh, He also murdered another woman on the staircase. It was just, I don't know, it felt too, he was a writer. There were just too many plot lines. It felt so fake that it was uh, awesome. But it was a real life thing. Uh, I, I guess I get into like the high when there's hype around them and Netflix throws it up the top of the queue. I'm in because I know that shit's going to be good. Yeah, right. throw it at the top of the queue. I'm in. I got to find it and bury it down. Probably not as good. You know, they they know me better than I know myself. I've heard that. Number four here, Robbie. Baseball. It's back, but is mm-hmm. it back? Uh, man, baseball. It's going great. I am absolutely loving watching baseball, except for how horrible it's going, right? Okay. For all like the shitty parts, right? It's been awesome to watch a baseball, enjoy the Cleveland Baseball Club. Also, I'm sold that it should be called the Cleveland Baseball Club. I won't be taking any more uh, suggestions on that. Okay. That's what it needs to be called. Why do we need a name? Why do we need a logo? Um, yeah, but there's like this overwhelming sense of doom in every game. Like, is this the last one? Are these stats going to accumulate? Do they mean anything? And that's like kind of scary and shitty to me, especially like with the Marlins stuff going on. Um, but like the highlight of baseball this year, last night, I don't know if you caught it, was the Joe Kelly versus Astro stuff. Oh, yeah. Which was he just got suspended for eight games for sticking his tongue out at Carlos Correa. I'm absolutely into that drama. And I'll yeah. eat that shit up every day. 
Yeah, I think I think it'll hold on. I am less confident than I was a week ago, especially when a whole team, essentially, or half a team gets wiped out like the Marlins did. Uh, but like you said, it's hard to fully jump in the water. You got to dip your toe in right now. Like the Indians out to a hot start. We feel good about them. The Cleveland Baseball Club, if that's what you choose to call them, um, out to a four and one start. But you just don't want to get too into it, you know. They start, you know, they get out to 10 and two start. You're feeling good. Like staff's looking great, but right. boom, it can be done at any moment. It's like you're texting this girl and you're like hundred percent sure she's going to ghost you and you don't want to commit into like doing all this stuff. So you're just like, you know, a little apprehensive for sure. You just know it's coming someday and you're just trying to hold out hope and, and maybe, <laughs> you know, once every, you know, hundred times it, it works out. Uh, it's like chasing a number at the roulette table, you know? I don't even have a good analogy, truthfully. I did have a sponsorship idea, though, uh, or just something to make baseball more fun, which I know uh, is a common podcast topic. But there are these, uh, in the outfield, these huge sponsorship tarps, essentially, that span over the seats. I thought much more could be done with those. You know, you, you section out maybe even over certain seats and put certain dollar amounts. So some big company like a progressive donates a dollar amount based on where the home runs hit and potentially it smashes through like a piece of paper. And that's like a $500 we donate, or you get your season ticket holders or degenerate gamblers like us and our friends. And you charge a certain dollar amount, a couple hundred. And if a home run is hit there and it smashes through, you make X dollars. So you make double and your spots there all season long. So it's like an interactive game. There's some, yeah, I'm hundred percent in on that. Yeah, for sure. I like the paper idea. I thought you meant like the sign thing. Like if it hits your picture, you know, mm. fans are like getting yeah. their picture and like if it hits you, you'd win something. But like there's not enough fans. But I love that idea of like, you know, 50-50 raffle, everyone throw five bucks in it mm-hmm. and get a piece of paper. Like you might be in deep right center and like unless the guy hits 515 feet, you're out for the year. You know what I mean? It might not be the best Super Bowl square. But like if you're right over the right field porch, I'm in on that. DJ. That's fun. Yeah, I think you do it random, but you... You only do it in spots where there's home runs actually hit. You're not going to throw it on the other upper deck. So you got to give people at least a chance. That would be okay. electric. I mean, you could throw, maybe even do logos or you could do your face or whatever you want to put on it. Uh, and it hits and that person wins money. I'm a little greasy pod, uh, tar pod. There. We gotta make I'm, just, I'm looking for like cheap, <laughs> cheap sponsorship ideas. You could throw right. anything on it for 200 bucks. Meanwhile, uh, there's huge corporate sponsors out there paying who God knows what. All right. right. Uh, baseball, we're digging it, but cautiously, cautiously optimistic, I guess you would say, or cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> cautiously pessimistic, I think is where we're at. Okay. Uh, are the, the tribe around right now? How are they doing? Uh, uh, they were tied 0-0. Zach Polisak is throwing a gem. He has seven strikeouts. So I think it's, yeah, I think they're good. Shape. I know that that's what you guys look for on a podcast, old baseball updates the next day right? Uh, <laughs> in the middle of a game. Uh, number five here, Southern Tears Pumpkin comes out the same day as this podcast. So tomorrow on Thursday, yeah, July 30th. So I ask you, ridiculously too early or I don't give a fuck. Good beer is good beer. Um, yeah, I'm a big fall beer guy. So I'm very eager when those come out. I think one of my favorite beers of all times is Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Shout out Great Lakes. Uh, give us a sponsorship, mm-hmm. um, which that came out about two weeks ago, I think. Uh, you know, you think about that as like a fall campfire beer. 
Um, is it probably a little bit too early to drink them? Yes. But I do think those beers are all timers. Like I'll drink those under any situation. Probably not when it's 90. I don't want to drink an 8% pumpkin, but I will. And that's important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone rolls up and offers you on, you know, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so you are a pumpkin guy then. You like pumpkin beers. Uh, I like pumpkin. I don't know if I'm like searching out every pumpkin beer, but that one is special. Also, do you think of like Southern Tier has like, you know, we don't want to make this too Cleveland-y, but they opened up a brew house in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Do you consider it now a Cleveland beer? Yeah, that's what I don't know. Is that all? I know they have a place in in New York there, but it's just there and here. It's just a regional spot. I always thought it was like a bigger brewery, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I think it's about the size of Great Lakes. Okay. But, you know, yeah, they're in Lakewood, New York. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've been to the actual facility, low key flex there. Humble brag. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I consider, you know, they have like a specific Cleveland Instagram, uh, that I follow and shit. I don't, Mm -hmm. but a lot of breweries have that. I don't know. I'll have to look them up on the biggest crap brewers. I was looking up that list today because, uh, spoiler alert, we have a family food coming up and I was wondering, um, if that was going to be a question, but it's not because I think we talked about that before the largest craft brewers and great lakes, I believe is 23 or in the twenties on that list. Right. To rise though, you have to buy up other breweries. I think is the key because then you're still a craft brewery, but then you can buy a shit ton. All right. Too much of the weeds there. I like pumpkin. I think it is a little bit too early. I will get more into it in September, July. Like you said, yeah, I'll buy it. Maybe. I don't know. Well, you also know you have like another three months to drink it too. So there's no like rush to go get it. What a definitive answer. I might buy it maybe. I think uh, I'm a very indecisive person in the beer store. So if I take more than legitimately 10 minutes, I'll sit in there 10 minutes looking at beers. I will eventually go with pumpkin. Nice. That's good to know. Yeah. After you get your cherry sour, so you don't disappoint (laughs) that guy here. Dude's my guy. I miss him. I got to get back there this Friday. Uh, I don't know how I miss him. It's been five days. All right. On to number six, we got family food. We teased it. Here it is. Um, but before we play, I did have an idea for uh, an offshoot podcast. So maybe something I release within the greasy pod uh, environment, yeah. um, but on a different day, like a Sunday or something, I'll do a few of them. And so it would be an interactive family food. So all it would be is my voice, essentially. Uh, you could certainly yeah. be a part of it. And it would be, I'd say three rounds of family food and it would be me reading off the questions perfectly timed out and giving the listener an opportunity to answer to themselves. So they're keeping track themselves. And then eventually I read off all the answers and give point totals. And so it's somewhat interactive, but it's in your car and it's a different sort of format of a podcast. Now, do I think it's a great podcast idea? No, it's rather boring. And But Right. I think that's the next evolution. Like, where do you take podcasts? Interactive. Right. You know, interactive. Like a children's book. I'm sure there's children's book podcasts where it's a little bit more, you know, response driven. And so this yeah. is my idea for the next evolution of podcasts. Nice. Do search that volume too, because I get made fun of for doing shitty on search that volume. I want other people to do it, see how shitty they do too. So okay. throw that in there. Yeah. I don't think it's perfect, but when they make the documentary on the evolution of podcasts, Maybe I'm the first guy to do the interactive shit. And he's like, oh, he's the black and white filmmaker type of guy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's that good of an idea. Trying, like yeah, it. I'm trying to be in the future Know Your History segment. Uh, right, for sure. Of the Greasy Pod uh, 100 years from now. 
All right, Rob, uh, family food. I don't think we have a saying for this one. We do for search that volume. So maybe um, I'll think of one next time. Okay. But are you ready to play? I'm ready to play some family food. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. And here we go. Name a type of drink or food establishment commonly featured in sitcoms. The bar. Name the best dum-dum sucker flavor according to Ranker.com. Random. According to Grubhub, other than General Sao's and not teriyaki because it's Japanese, what's the most commonly ordered Chinese food item? Fried rice. What's the average cost of a large one-topping pizza in the United States? $14. Name a food some people prefer to eat burnt. Hot dogs. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Um, it was probably marshmallows. Let's go back to the... Let's go back to the dumb dumb. You have five seconds. I'll give you another answer on that because random wasn't on there, but it's, I think, you know, it doesn't, right. it's, it's a tough one. So what would you say instead of random? Uh, cream soda. I don't know. It was the first one that okay. popped in my head. <laughs> All right. It's not bad. All right. Number one, name a type of drink or food establishment commonly featured in sitcoms. You said bar. Bar, number one answer. Congrats. Started off with a little bit of a softball there. 35 points. Um, Breakfast slash diner slash cafe was number two. Burger joint and then a deli and then pizza. Uh, Number two here, name the best dum-dum sucker flavor according to Ranker.com. And you said what? Cream soda? Cream soda. All right. Number three, actually, according to Ranker.com. So you can look that up. 15 points. Blue raspberry okay. coming in at number one, a favorite flavor of many, including mine. Cotton candy at number two. Okay, that's right. No, no random, which is a shame. That's a <laughs> yeah, shame. Right. I know, but is it a flavor or is it just a? I don't know. Is it a flavor or is it a chosen random flavor? You know, is it everything combined? From what I heard, and this could be a myth, you know, this could be an urban legend, is that they just take like the end of the last one and blend it with the next one. So it's just like, you know, a continuous stream of sucker making, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, according to Grubhub, other than General Sows and not teriyaki because it's Japanese, what's the most commonly ordered Chinese food item? You said fried, fried rice. Yeah. 15 points. Okay. That feels like that should be the number one answer. Yeah. But this is according to Grubhub, like legitimate list. Um they did not put in there and not teriyaki because it's Japanese, but I figured you might answer teriyaki chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that mall court bourbon chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. I should have said, and not teriyaki or, or bourbon chicken. Um, crab Rangoon, number one, followed by egg, egg roll and then sesame chicken. Number three there. Okay. So you have the fifth answer with fried rice. You have 65 points, two questions to go. What's the average cost of a large one-topping pizza in the United States? You said $14. Yeah. A lot weighing on this one. 25 points, number two answer Ooh. there. $13, rounded down. Thirteen twenty-one, I believe, was the answer. That was 25 points. Uh, equal to your number two answer, <laughs> uh, 14. So I guess you tied for the number one answer, $14. You are at 85 points. Okay, here we go. 15 uh, need, banger. Let's need go. 101 in uh, family food, by the way. Okay. Name the food some people prefer to eat burnt, and you said hot dogs. Unfortunately, that is 10 points. 95. Oh, just messed it. <laughs> uh, you are right. Marshmallow would have taken you there. Number one was toast, though, followed by marshmallow, popcorn, steak, 
hot dogs and bacon. 95 points, great effort, came up a little bit short. We've all been there. Um, I know this this L is going to be a little tough to wear. Yeah, I can't wait till it's interactive and see how other people do though, because they're going to be they're going to be lying and stuff. Yeah. And I'm doing this live on air. You know yeah, what I mean? Live. So, yeah, I mean, 95 points live on air, not bad at all. Yeah, not bad. Uh, we do need to get over that L though. So number seven here on the this 12 pack, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, we need to pump some positive vibes. So Rob, anything in the world, give us some good news out there. I, you know what, Deej? I get, I'm in a pit of bad news right now. I need, let me hear some good vibes from you, man. All right. Mine's mine's quite random. So there's this guy that I found via Twitter that is on TikTok. This is a big thing now where popping okay. TikToks um, get thrown on Twitter and then they blow up under someone else's account. It's a very common thing because they just rip the right. video off of TikTok. But so I don't want to butcher this guy's name, but I think it's Rohai or Rohi. Um, he is not drinking, quote unquote, fizzy drinks for 100 days. And so okay. he has been so essentially pop and, you know, um, carbonated beverages. So to help him, he hasn't been able. Nothing could help him do this. So he said, I'm going to join TikTok. Mind you, he's probably mid 40s, 50 year old guy. Um to not drink fizzy drinks. So he hopped on every day and said, day number one, no fizzy drinks, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's just such a likable, charming guy. And he feels so, um, well, you know, you just root for the dude. Um, so it's day like 52 and he's kind of blown up. Like some of his TikToks have over a million views and it's just him speaking in front of a camera, very simple thing. Um, but I thought that was just so wholesome. Uh, so Rohi, we hope you get to a hundred days and we're rooting for you and I will be checking in on that. So I'm yeah, that'd be tough. That no fizzy drinks, like <laughs> no, no bruise. Like, yeah. you know, you know, you know, LaCroix, I'm over here jamming a LaCroix right now. Yeah. Uh, that's gotta be impressive. So shout out him. Like, what do you just drink wine? Is that what you drink? Water. He's been saying, he says water. But yeah. I've only watched like five of them, so I could have missed some details there. Uh, you can yeah. only watch so many fizzy drink TikToks, but it's still cool. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's some good vibes for sure. You got any other uh, good news stories out there? That one also reminds me, this one's a, about a month old by now, but uh, there was this guy on Twitch that went li- live streaming. I'm, he's, I'm sure he's still on Twitch a ton, but he carves wood. We might have talked about him actually. Yeah. And, and uh, Bart will like blow them up. Yeah, they they blew them up. But also before that, like people were donating because you can do that through Twitch. And he's like, no, no, don't give me money. Keep your money. Yeah. And it just felt genuine. And he truthfully believed that. It wasn't like any bullshit. He didn't want anyone's money. He was just doing it for people's like pleasure and entertainment. And I, so dudes like that, like, man, my favorite. For sure. Yeah, good dude. I remember watching a couple wood carving videos for sure. And they like turned off donations on his feed because he's like, yeah, save your money, which yeah. is like, yeah. you only get 15 minutes, man. Make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. So Rob Law has no good news. Put that on. Let the record show. Let the record show, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing that I want to talk about. Like, I mean, uh, I you're mean, running I a lot, to- you know, you, it can be personal good news. Right. Uh, yeah. Me and the uh, run bruv started a run thing for the Cleveland Indians. Any strikeouts minus walks. Um, and so long story short, over the last week, I've ran like 36 miles. Damn. Your body. So, that's good news. My body is hurting. I had to go buy a new pair of shoes today. Damn. Okay. Don't get shin splints or something, dude. That's what, uh, yeah. Cam, shout out Cam said he's got shin splints. That's why he can't Has run. he been running? 
Yeah, we're all rum bros. Solid, solid. Uh, I did have, I do have a TikTok idea now that I was on it. Um, okay. You can tell me if this is shit or not. So this is called Rick Talk. That would be the name of our account. So we have a buddy okay. named Rick who is a thin dude and mm-hmm. presumably could hide in a lot of places. And so the TikTok just starts out where with like a wide shot, maybe like across a couple lanes of traffic, uh, maybe at a couple storefronts, and you're just looking at a blank kind of scene. And yeah. you're trying to find him, like, where's Waldo? And it waits like 15 seconds, and then he pops out and he says, Rick talk. And then that Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. It's or very it's simple. Like, but right. Rick's like across the street drinking a cup of coffee, and you're like scanning the whole landscape <laughs> trying to find yeah. Rick. And then it like just zooms in on Rick's, and they're drinking a cup of coffee. He throws up the deuces. I'm in on that idea. Yeah. It's a modern day, where's Waldo? I'm all about that, DJ. That's probably your best idea. Yeah, for Rick, though, yeah, that's true. That would reflect his personality a little bit more is just to be very casual about it rather than, like, jump and say Rick right. talk. For sure. All right, I like that. You can yell Rick talk. Yeah, yeah. It might be a little hard with the, the the Rona, but we could make it work. Let us know if you like Rick talk. Rick, if you're in, we could throw that up on the, the good old TikTok there. Number eight, I know you've been waiting on this one. Yeah. Your Taylor Swift album review. Yeah, uh, big, a big change up for Taylor. We missed it last week. We just recorded after she announced, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, big moment for us. I'm a huge fan of the new album. Uh, I'm a big fan of the national. One of the guys from the band produced it, Aaron Dessner. Um, and so it has a lot of self-loathing loathing feel of a national album, which I'm a fan of. Um, and so if you like them, go check out the national, uh, if you kind of like this album, but you know, Taylor is like, no matter what kind of song she sings, she's like incredibly fun, has some deep lyrics. And like, every time I listen to a song, uh, I'm picking up something else. So yeah, it's still Taylor and a little different style. So I'm about it. Yeah. The one, I love that song, the intro track, uh, not as many bangers as we know, but that's not what this album was going for, nor is the world ready for that right now, in my opinion. And, um, so if you were looking for that, you're going to be disappointed. But I think it's an album that will age very well, and it'll be something in her catalog that will hold weight throughout the years and really hold up. So that's what for I'm sure. excited about. Because typically it felt like you know she wasn't planning this album, and I got very nervous. Did she rush it? Is it going to be you know a scar on her resume? Um, mm-hmm. and, and luckily it's not. No, it's very, I think it's relatively critically acclaimed at this point too. Um, And, but like people are labeling as like a breakup album or a sad album, but like there's some songs on there that have some real depth. Like I think Invisible String, one of the songs she has is like one of the best love songs she's ever written. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like all this cosmic stuff and you're drawn to one person. So shout out Taylor. Keep making fucking music. Yeah. I like that Exile song. I think that's what it's Mm -hmm. called. That's a good one too. With Bon Iver. With Bon Iver. How do you say their name? His name? I don't know. Okay. That's a good one. So I don't know, but like Taylor's not a Loki hottie just for the record. Like she's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's too, too attractive to be a Loki hottie, I think. Right. I don't, but that makes it sound like Loki hottie's a diss. <laughs> the way I said yeah, it, like, I know. So you want to yeah. get away from that. Yeah. Mm. I don't think we have it clearly defined yet. Um, one thing I did, I'm interested in kind of a anecdote of the album is she went all lowercase with the, the song titles. What do you think goes into that decision making? Because some, like uh, the Kid Leroy, I think is how you say it. I've been listening to some of his music. His, all his song titles on his new album are all uppercase. So what goes into that decision? 
I think it's more like you're trying to be artistic. You know what I mean? And I don't know what it says about anything. Like I, I wouldn't have thought any differently of the songs if they were in capital letters by any means. Uh, I think all caps sends a different message. Certainly. Um, like you're yelling. But maybe. lowercase just seems like you're being really artistic. You know what I mean? You're really lowercase. Cool. It's like hipster is kind of a lazy word, but maybe a little hipster. You know, the, the album name's Folklore. So like it feels folky, you know, it's just everything's just light and easy. So we're going to keep everything lowercase. I like that. I like how you you lowered your voice down a little bit. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, light and lower. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on to number 10 here, or number nine on the uh, 12 pack. And this is also album related to Taylor. So she has uh, a line on the album, on the track, the one that I mentioned. And, I, and she says, you know, the greatest films of all time were never made. And then Logic, who also released an album last week, he says the greatest rapper alive is probably stacking produce. So overall, do you agree with those sentiments? You know what, DJ? I kind of have to agree that like the best of all time in anything never made it one way or another. Like uh, Deion Sanders just had an interview on uh, another podcast, a direct competitor of ours. <laughs> part of my take. Yeah. yeah. And he said... Uh, the greatest athlete Deion Sanders ever saw was not Bo Jackson. It was his cousin. It was his cousin Junebug, and uh, which was like hearing him say Junebug was the best athlete of all time is like an LOL moment, right? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Maybe he was, and he just like you know he said he ran into drugs. He called him a crackhead. You know what I mean? Like there's obstacles out there getting in the way of a lot of people. And in baseball, like it's uh, you know what relatively accepted that Josh Gibson might have been the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, but he never got a shot at major leagues because of segregation and like how much talent have we missed out in like the course of the world because of dumb, like dumb things that we have in our society, dumb racist shit, like segregation. You know what I mean, yeah. so Josh Gibson might be the best baseball player. He never got a real chance. So that's a good point. I didn't consider the race side of things. Um, but yeah, I think something like a rapper, certainly I, my, my head went to, to just have some sort of counterpoint there is, is like a basketball player because that skill is developed. You know, you could say you run into drugs and so on, but if you do that at a young age, you, you don't have that fully. So like a, I truthfully don't believe there's another basketball player out there, at least currently that is better than like a LeBron or Giannis, like nowhere even near. Cause that level of just rises to the top to such a degree now that um, now, if you're talking about in the history of the world, Probably. Right. And, you know, everything's become so much more globalized. Like there's NBA scouts in like literally every continent and every country, right? Looking for dudes from like Lithuania or Senegal to come over and hoop it up. So it's like maybe not basketball. Right? But in terms of someone that could step on a floor right now and dribble a ball, there's no one touching the NBA guys. I truthfully believe that. No, I agree with that. No, you know, NBA is very specific. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying those things that are like very skill based. All right, number 10, are you considering drafting players earlier in fantasy football if they've already had COVID? You know what, dude? That's such a grindball thing, and I haven't considered it, and maybe that's something I need to consider. Like, do you think ESPN comes out with a list like that, like the COVID anybody list? That would be, like, incredible and, like, highly disgusting and inappropriate at the same time. Like, I'd like to see it, but, like, oh, my God, I kind of don't want to see it, Um, you know? I'm not considering it at this point, but, you know, getting closer to draft day as, you know, people start opting out, I might. Like Zeke had it and he's a top three pick. Um, I don't think you're actually going to seriously consider it, but 
say around that time it's kind of running rampant in a locker room, you may. But also with football, is it the right decision because you're only playing once a week? And at max, a guy, no, I don't want to say at max, but a guy is going to miss, what, two, three weeks and potentially be right. back. Because um, we've seen that on the PGA Tour. A guy, you know, guys with COVID have played a week later, you know, have missed one tournament and then played the next. So um, I don't think it's a full consideration. And obviously it falls way down on the ladder. We get that, but. Right. It's interesting sure. from a fantasy perspective, you know. It is. You got to consider all, you know, all the variables in a fantasy season, and that's one of them. Uh the other side note that I had here for the NFL this week, did you see the Keenan Allen beef with uh with some Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, and Chris Godwin because he was rated lower than them on the NFL top 100? Really? I didn't see that. Uh do I think that Keenan's better than those guys? No, do I think Keenan's very good? Yes. And I think we're going to see the real Keenan this year. You know, you got Terod Taylor throwing to you. You know, you don't, not, not that, you know, who knows where Phillip Rivers is at in his career, but like if you're a legitimate number one, then you're going to shine even with Terod throwing to you. And I don't think he will the same way that he did the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I compared some stats there. They are pretty comparable to like a Mike Evans. Mike Evans has actually had a better run um, over the last five years, but it's pretty. Pretty comparable. I think Chris Godwin, him just emerging on the scene last year, he might have a better claim. I think he was rated in the 30s or maybe 40s in the top 100. Um, Tyree Kills, just the cheetahs, just he's different. So I, yeah, I'd probably choose all of them over Keenan Allen, but you, you can't knock the consistency. The guy's been good for, I think, three years. He's had like 1,300 yards, six touchdowns. Um, I don't know. Keenan Allen's also one of those guys that just seems old to me. Like he just (laughs) seems like he's 34. I don't know how old Keenan Allen is, but he just seems like he's been doing it forever and he's old. Yeah. He's just, you have those guys that you don't draft. He's a guy I don't draft. I'm just not interested. I'm good. Right. For sure. I don't care if you put up 1,700 (laughs) yards. Yeah. All right. Number 11 here. This topic might not be uh, super relevant right now, but here we are. So in a school or work setting, are you more of a pack your lunch guy or go grab a bite to eat type of guy? Uh, I'm a big grab something to get out of the office guy or this, you know, when I was working in school, I always had to get out. I didn't want to pack my lunch and sit in my classroom and just like look at all the stuff I had to do. So I was big, you know, get outside, get a quick refresh, remind myself there's more outside of like the life than like inside that building. Um, and I just never had the time or like never prepared the time to grab, you know, make lunch or anything to sit there. So, uh, uh, and I've been on the record of saying lunch is a sucker meal anyway. You know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big lunch guy to begin with. I'll okay. probably take an old bar, like drive around my car for 20 minutes. Um, All right. but when I was like in Minneapolis, I worked with a lot of good friends and I'd grab lunch with them. Okay. That's yeah. good. Um, <laughs> so you're kind of in between if you're rolling around in your car, you're in a granola bar. Um, I asked because recently I've been packing my lunch, but like you said, it is nice to get out and just, even if you sit in your car, um, and obviously the topic's not super relevant right now, but I am a little nervous for, uh, I've read some pieces on the work from home culture and how that will, no one truthfully knows, but how, especially at large companies, you know, they're going to be working at home for the next six months to a year and so on, or potentially permanently like a Twitter, um, and how that affects just not your only work, but a great point was was made about, in, you know, like if you had a restaurant next to a big business, 
next to a large office building, you're basically done. Right. You open a Jimmy John's next to an office building. You're not peddling yeah. subs. Yeah. I'm not worried about yeah. Jimmy John's, but like the local Mexican spot that everyone goes to on Fridays or whatever, like that'd be tough. Uh, obviously I can't solve all the world problems there, but yeah, that sucks, dude. Yeah. They were, you know, margaritas were flowing on Friday nights. So happy hours <laughs> yeah. not anymore. Yeah. Dude. yeah. They're going out of business. Yeah. yeah. I've been packing lately, just like a very classic school lunch, uh, peanut butter and jelly, apple, like a Belvita bar and um, and gummies, <laughs> like just like I'm a t- twelve year old, and thirty five cents to buy an extra cookie. At yeah, lunch. exactly. Yeah, lunch um, and then today I just got sick of it. It's only Wednesday, and I'm like, I'm good. You're over it. You're meal prepping, dude. That's yeah. what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> I realize I'm like, I don't, I don't want to say one of the few, but I don't know how many. I'd be interested in the percentage of people that are back at work because I, I obviously have no idea. Um, the one thing I'll say, the final thing I'll say on that is when people do go back to work or just in general, if you are the pack your lunch guy every day, because whatever finances or whatever the reason, when Mm. your teammates, your coworkers ask you, don't always say no. Like on a Friday, you gotta go out. You have to, that's, you know, I don't know much. I don't have the best workplace advice in the world, but you gotta do that. You can't be the guy that always says no. No, I agree with that. You know, you could do it sparingly, like maybe once a month. So mm-hmm. it's a treat when they get to go out with you. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't always say no. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Uh, last one. We've kind of flown through this, but I, I've enjoyed it. Do you have the same false sense of confidence that I do? Uh, explain it a little bit and I'll see if I got a false self sense. Confidence. Yeah. So I, th- I got some feedback last week about my 10 year rut take and, you know, looking back, yeah. maybe you haven't accomplished all that you want to. Um, and so on. So that feels maybe a little depressing or it feels like I'm down on myself. Both are not really the case, but I think everyone goes through those mentally, but on the opposite end of that spectrum, take golf, for example, I go out and I shoot like a high nineties, but back nine, maybe I shoot a little bit better. I'm my chipping's on point and I'm just not hitting it well off the tee. Well, I go home and I start thinking my mind starts churning. All right. Well, I did have a few good tee shots. So if I clean up those five, I make those three putts I should have made. My chipping's a little bit better. I'm already mid seventies with some room to spare. And so my mind is always spinning like that, especially with like athletic things like that, where Mm. I can easily, my mind, you can can see it happening, can get to scratch golfer. No, absolutely. I guess I'm that way with bowling too. You know, you go out and bowl like a 210. You're just like, you know, I just need to do that like 13 times in a row (laughs) and I'll have a good average. You know what I mean? If I just keep bowling strikes, I'm going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can see myself envisioning it and uh, definitely with running too. So maybe it's about like the physical side of things. Like I'm like, oh, I ran a whatever minute mile. I was like, take 30 seconds off that and I'm in business and I go out and run it. It's just like, I'm slow as shit. That's the sentiment about it. But yeah. It's I hear you. Fun thing. You need to have that. You need to have that. I can though. go out you know, if you're going to get better. Um, C league summer league team and drop 12 points and, and say, well, man, my, st- I got a nice stroke from outside getting a little bit. Right. I'm a three and D guy and, you know, <laughs> competing overseas. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're in Belgium shooting yeah. threes. Like nobody I does. scored like four points that, a game yeah. in high school, but we are close. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it is just a weird juxtaposition with that whole other side of things where maybe things that you actually are good at, you get kind of insecure and 
you get rattled by. And then these things that I'm just trash at, I, I can see myself being a professional athlete. No, I think that's like something to do with people our age too. It's like, there's still people telling high school football stories. Like, you know, I made eight tackles in this mm-hmm. one game, but coach never let me play. But like, there's still that sense of confidence. Yeah. It's like, you know, why didn't that flow into other things in life for sure? Yeah. Like we said, the the COVID era, if their their senior season gets taken away from them, man, I would have rolled gonna that be for the rest of my life. You know, right. I was really bulking up my senior year. I had some D3 offers, you know, coach said, play well this season. You never know. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's going to be so many stories with uh, new sophomores in college because they can't go back to campus probably this year. But when they finally do get to campus in a year and a half or whatever it is, that's all that's going to be is just nothing stories. But that, you know, at every frat house across America and good for them, you know, good for them. Yeah. And then I was, this is a little bit more serious, but I was thinking about, um, like kindergartners or people where it really matters that they get back to a physical classroom where in 20 years we'll be seeing like the think pieces on why that generation is screwed up. And it would be like based on that they weren't in school when they were six or whatever. What if that generation is just like the the best generation of all <laughs> yeah. time? Like they just have like everything going for right. them because they didn't get screwed up in kindergarten. Or they got to spend you know more I mean? time with their parents there. or something. Yeah, that would be right. It is interesting. Um, I think before we go, that is the twelve pack. All I prepared. I like how I kind of like the flow of that. I'll clean up a little yeah, bit there, fine. but that was that was a nice fast pace. Uh, let's run the numbers and then maybe we go over our boy Herb Funky's bets. Should we do that before? Ooh, I we like leave? that. Absolutely. I don't think we got permission. Maybe we uh, we pitch him a Venmo, you know what I mean? Venmo Herb to get his uh, best bets. Maybe you know? we'll just reveal one of them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, like that. I think that's fair. Um, all right, so what did we put up last week? Got the dog barking next uh, door. A lot of noises tonight. We got the... A lot of noises. A lot of adversity, but we're going to battle through. And w- once we get the greasy studio that's under construction. <laughs> After we win uh, Herb's Best Bets, yeah, yeah we're, we're in locked. Um, but we probably had 45 last week. It was a little lower than the week Nailed before. it again, dude. You're on the money lately. You were trash. Like, Love. First, I think it was our 19th pod. Uh, one thing of note is our first pod ever, Gambling on Marbles, as it was titled. It has 100 listens. So we hit the triple digits nice. in, uh, in one pod there. Um, one, what Herb Funky bet do you want to – to highlight and he's he's our buddy he put together this nice pdf i think it's yeah a nice pdf of five futures for the nfl this year that he is going to place large wagers on and uh he's sharing those with us which is fantastic yeah i think my favorite one that i have here uh and we were talking about underdogs and how much we love underdogs is alex smith mm-hmm. comeback boy of the year yeah. you know everyone kind of saw that picture of him and his leg and it's just like holy shit that's gruesome um, so there's a little bit of buzz around him, and he likes him. Comeback way of the year, plus 1,600, so 16 to 1. Uh, you know, that's just a fun bet because you're rooting for the guy already. And if you can root for the guy and make a little bit of money off of it, you might as well do it. Love the bet, absolutely. Supposedly, Ron Rivera said there's going to be an open competition. From what I saw at Dwayne Haskins last year, kind of trash, obviously a rookie. Right. Um, and people love the story, and the quarterback is always going to get favored. Always. Absolutely. Did you see that uh, Yeah, Damian Williams is sitting out this year? Which is big news. Yeah, big yeah, news I mean, for the fantasy know. community. 
Right, and there's six Patriots that are sitting out, and like Patrick Chung, uh, notable. So it'll be interesting to see uh, as it rolls on. You know, people have lives, and you know they might just be having children, or they might be you know dealing with a, a sick grandmother or something like that. So people are obviously going to opt out, um, and good for them. You know, they don't need to play for our entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm interested in how the I read a little bit on the contracts, basically that if you are at risk. Uh, and you opt out, I think you get like 350K. If not, you get like 150K, but also your contract for that year is honored, I believe. Right. So if you were on the last year of your deal and you potentially had some lucrative deal coming up, wouldn't there be an incentive to maybe pull out then to preserve your body? If Now, you could say the opposite of that and say, well, you're 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 not playing for a year. And we saw how that worked out for like a Le'Veon and so on, so... Right. Or if you're like going to be the uh, maybe uh, 50th man on a roster and you're just like not as sure of your NFL future and you might get cut the next year, why not withdraw, get some cash and then come back and be able to compete for that job the next year? You know what I mean? And have a contract already on the table. So yeah. that's also one way to look at it. Yeah, it's it'll be an interesting time. I do think the NFL will just hammer through it. Uh, and I do 100%. believe baseball, too. I think I think it's, if the 18 players on a team doesn't take it down, we're it's good. And, it's good. Maybe that's – yeah, we're cautiously optimistic <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, you just changed my mind. I like that. Dude. My last football point uh, that just came to mind is I, I talked about the ice cream sign and not s- stopping for the cheesecake on a stick. Um, yeah. So this is related to football. And so I passed that place to same place today, and their sign now reads, Josh Cribb's favorite Coney dog. And I'm very interested really? in where they pulled that from. Is it Josh's Cribb's – I don't think he goes there much. I don't think it's anywhere where he lives, but maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. He does have that show uh, on Fox that oh. he goes around and checks out different places. But I like the idea of just saying, like, we're, uh, we're some random dude's favorite podcast. We're Josh Krebs' favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We are. You right. don't dispute it otherwise. You know, are you going to get in touch with Josh Krebs? We, I like that. We're we, just going to start we making cough up a little cheddar for a cameo. We can get him to say it even. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I think that's the pot, unless you got anything else there, Robbie. That's it, Deej. I'm going to go uh, watch the end of this baseball game. Uh, nice. No miles today, so get after it tomorrow. Sick. Um, I can feel the NFL juices in us, right? That was supposed to be a yeah. quick topic, and now I'm talking about Josh Cripps, Coney Dogs. I love it, dude. Anytime you can talk about Josh Cripps, Coney Dogs, yeah, you got to, especially with the NFL on the horizon. So, yeah, not too much longer, maybe a month month and a half and like yeah. we're going to be right in the midst of this draft we're going to have our players locked down i mean mm-hmm. our commission made our draft board the other day i mean the juices are flowing all-time high can't wait to get into it i was already thinking about my snake positions all right no one gives a shit about that we'll see you next week appreciate you guys uh listening and if you've made it this far